Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Alcina Lloyd, and this is The Daily Download. Today, I'll discuss the share of loans and forbearance falling for the first time since March, a forecast from the Mortgage Bankers Association that claims mortgage lending will surge to a 14-year high this year, and an announcement from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau about limiting the DTI requirement from qualified mortgage standards. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening, and let's get started with an article written by Alex Roja that covers the Mortgage Bankers Association's Forbearance and Call Volume Survey. According to the survey, the share of mortgage loans and forbearance plans fell to 8.48% last week from 8.55% the week prior, marking the first time the total number of loans and forbearance has decreased since the survey's inception in March. Roja says the NBA indicates that 4.2 million homeowners are now in forbearance, which is a decline from the almost 4.3 million estimated the prior week. Broken down by investor type, Jenny May mortgages, which are primarily backed by the Federal Housing Administration and the Veterans Administration, have the largest overall share of loans and forbearance at 11.83% for the third week in a row. The NBA reports the share of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loans and forbearance fell from 6.38% to 6.31%, and looking at private label mortgage-backed securities and portfolio loans, the forbearance share fell to 9.99% from 10.18% the week before. Lastly, the percentage of loans and forbearance for depository servicers and for independent mortgage bank servicers also both fell to 9.15% and 8.40% respectively. NBA Senior Vice President and Chief Economist Mike Rattantoni said declines in GSC, portfolio, and PLS loans and forbearance occurred as more borrowers exited than entered a new forbearance plan. According to him, fewer homeowners in forbearance underscores the continued improvements in the job market and provides another sign of the fundamental health of the housing market. Our next story comes from Kathleen Halley and discusses a projection from the Mortgage Bankers Association. According to Halley, if you're in the mortgage business, expect to have the busiest year in 2020 since the height of the housing bubble in 2006. This is because the Mortgage Bankers Association's chief economist, Mike Rattantoni, projects combined lending for home purchases and mortgage refinancings will probably total $2.65 trillion this year, which is the most since the $2.74 trillion seen 14 years ago. Halley says Rattantoni announced this projection on Monday while speaking on a video conference sponsored by Moody's. According to him, in 2020, home refinancing volume will almost evenly split between purchases and refis, and about $1.3 trillion will be to finance home purchases, and $1.35 trillion will likely be refinancings. Rotten says while the jump in refis was expected after the Federal Reserve's bond buying shrink yields on mortgage-backed securities, the spike in demand for purchase loans was a surprise. According to him, when the pandemic first hit, purchase applications dropped as low as 
35% below the year ago level, but when the real estate market reopened, demand began to rebound at a pace that far surpassed those expectations. Fantoni says currently applications for mortgages to purchase homes are running about 20% ahead of last year, and some of the spike in demand is due to people who plan to buy in April and first-time buyers taking advantage of record low rates. Today's last story comes from Kelsey Ramirez and covers an announcement from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. According to Ramirez, on Monday, the CFPB announced two notices of proposed rulemaking surrounding what's commonly known as the QM patch. Ramirez says one of those rulemakings would remove the debt-to-income requirement from qualified mortgages. In the first notice of proposed rulemaking, the Bureau wants to amend the Qualified Mortgage Definition and Regulation Z to replace the DTI limit with a price-based approach, saying it concludes that a loan's price is more holistic and flexible measure of a consumer's ability to repay than the DTI alone. Notably for eligibility for QM status under the general QM definition, the Bureau is proposing a price threshold for most loans, as well as higher price thresholds for smaller loans, which is particularly important for manufactured housing and for minority consumers. The NPRM also proposes that lenders take into account a consumer's income, debt and DTI ratio, or residual income, and verify the consumer's income and debts. In reference to the announcement, CFPB Director Kathy Craniger says the GSC patch's expiration will facilitate a more transparent, level playing field that ultimately benefits consumers through promoting more vigorous competition in mortgage markets. Furthermore, she says the Bureau is proposing to replace the patch with a price-based approach to QM loans to preserve consumer access to mortgage loans while also making sure consumers have the ability to repay them. She says the Bureau is committed to ensuring a smooth and orderly mortgage market throughout its consideration of these issues and any resulting transition away from the GSE patch. According to Ramirez, the QM patch is due to expire in January 2021, and last year the CFPB moved to officially do away the QM patch on its stated expiration date. However, the second notice of proposed rulemaking from the CFPB on Monday would move that date to ensure a smooth transition. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Daily Download. We're excited to share that The Daily Download is now available on Apple Podcasts, so be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss the latest coverage of what's happening in the housing industry. We're also available on Spotify and Google Podcasts, so you can catch us wherever you want to listen. And now, since you're subscribed, we'll catch you again here tomorrow. Tomorrow.